today's guest is uh, Daniel Schmidt. Uh, he is a producer of a handful of film series, all of which are th that I've seen are, are really, really amazing. They're astoundingly good. One is called Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds. Uh, it's, it's actually available free through YouTube, also through Gaia. Uh, and he has a, another series called the Samadhi series uh, and some other instructional videos. And we're going to go into some of that. He also has a center um, that is called Awaken the World, correct? Uh, it's actually the Samadhi Center. Um, the, the website website is awakentheworld.com. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Awakentheworld.com. You can find a ton of resources there. So mm -hmm. first, I just want to introduce uh, uh, Daniel and say hi. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's nice to, nice to have you here. I, you come highly recommended. I had watched your Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds series many times. I just love watching it. Love it. Love the, mm, the topic, awesome. the sound, all of it. It's just very well done. Um, mm -hmm. And then some people recommended you and I started looking into what you do and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll, we'll break it down. So um, so maybe let's just start by giving us a little bit of background on you. So what got you interested in in spirituality or maybe even what what is beyond spirituality? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for me, originally, I wasn't at all interested in spirituality. Some people are drawn to it and exploring it. Um, what got me into it was a personal kind of health crisis where, um, you know, my, my mind really became totally pathological at a certain point. And um, it was really, um, I, I sort of turned to meditation in desperation to find the off button for my mind. And um and uh, my first meditation retreat, the first long retreat, I had an awakening experience, mm. which was not at all on the um, radar and uh, not even something. I didn't even know it was a thing at, at that time. That was about 25 years ago. And um, so it changed my life, completely changed my path. Um, you know, it, it was a, a long um, road of exploration and trying to understand what had happened at that retreat. But it was really, you know, um, what got me onto the path was just, um, you know, it, it was, I, I would, would say, you know, something was guiding me like a, a spirit or, you know, something wasn't allowing me to just go about my life in the matrix and, yeah. um, you know, and manifested in a health crisis because I wasn't paying attention, um, you know, so um, something was trying to get a, attention, my attention. Mm. Um, and um, it wasn't until many years later that I really had a, a true Kensho kind of awakening. My first awakening at that uh, Vipassana retreat was more like a Savakalpa Samadhi. It was a like a, a temporary sort of merging or union experience definitely peak experience, you know, feeling, I thought I was Jesus or Buddha, you know, I, I felt like, mm -hmm. like the power of the universe um, plugged in to me, but I still, you know, I was still identified with the Dan character at that time. Um, you know, I was a total beginner. That's, I had beginner's mind. So I think mm -hmm. that's kind of how it came about. So I, I had no clue about anything other than, you know, observing the world as this Dan character. And it took um, much more time to to awaken from the Dan character. And, and yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of, um, I ended up in a Zen center and, and uh, you know, the Dan character that was trying to um, walk the spiritual path, you know, basically gave up 
the seeking gave up the battle at that mm -hmm. Zen center, totally failed to become enlightened. And, and um, you know, the awakening from that character, I, I realized really what the path is. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's been sort of this, this merging or this, um, uh, you know, bridging of those two experiences. One was, was like the peak human experience. The other is the awakening to our true nature. And, and somehow it's like life is moving between um, those, those kind of, um, dimensions, I guess you could say. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you use the word Kensho, I knew there was going to be a, some, some aspect of Zen, Zen involved. And, yeah. Um, so yeah. were you using, just out of curiosity, were you using a koan? Were you working with Mu or something? Or was it more Shikantaza based? Or Yeah, it was more Shikantaza. It was um, like a Soto Zen. Um, so it was just sitting and, and uh, long, <laughs> long periods of just sitting. So um, for me, what what broke through was um, it really came from from pain and, uh, you know, the, the mind's aversion to to the pain of, of sitting and, you know, the, the conditioned self was, was desperate to, you know, get out of the situation. It was, it was like a, a, you know, a true container of no escape for the ego. So either, mm -hmm. either something had to give way or I, you know, the little self had to get out of there. There was, mm -hmm. there was this untenable situation where you know my my little mind was desperately using every technique it knew and and mm -hmm. you know to try and get out of the situation and i and i knew intellectually um you know i i studied a, a lot of zen and and um the vedic teachings like the surrendering choiceless awareness i knew conceptually but but when you're in that pressure cooker situation you know the mind is is gets gets desperate so yeah, so yeah. in in that that failure of the mind you know um to um be able to navigate and control you know the the controlling mind or the the meditator you know had to die in that situation mm -hmm. in in order for you know what what truly is meditation which to me meditation is just knowing who you are it's just and just showing up as your your yeah. true self in in the moment so I love um, yeah. yeah so so i can i can reflect on that a bit you know with with zen um zen there's there's, there's such incredible simplicity beauty of the simplicity of zen particularly mm -hmm. soto zen in that you just don't have escape there's just no mm -hmm. escape you have to sit and you have to feel and you notice the thoughts and you notice the mechanisms trying to you know modulate your your suffering but it's not working because there's no mm -hmm where for it to grasp, you know, and the teacher just says, just keep sitting, you know, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. it's very painful to sit, especially in session, you know, ongoing yeah. and, and, and it gets, the mind just goes nuts, you know, but I, I remember, so I remember the first session I did. Um, and I, I remember like, it was just fluctuating like crazy. The mind would just get so active and just, just like run away, go get up, walk, go run to the parking lot, just get out of here. You don't need to be here, you know? And I, I, it was, I was marveling at how much pull the mind was trying to to get grasp, you know. And it's kind of like, well, what is it even grasping onto? There's nothing there, you know. And then the mind mm -hmm. would just go absolutely quiet. And there was some, some really something to be learned there that that the mind that we, when we're mind identified, we really put so much stake in it, defining ourselves and the world and all of it. But when you put it in the right set of circumstances, including the right kind of stressful circumstances like this. Um, you realize it's completely innocuous because it can turn mm -hmm. off in a second. 
So it's like, mm-hmm. well, well, what the, then then it's much easier to go, well, what the hell am I then, really? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yeah, that's it, exactly. Like, And this, this is really the, the key thing that I try to, you know, the, the whole reason I've created the Samadhi Center is really for that realization you know the the you that that you're identified with you know is is this the seeker and this doer but mm-hmm. really when it when it comes down to awakening it's it's that sense of i has to give way in order mm-hmm. to to realize the true self and mm-hmm. um and it's it's really um you know for for the little conditioned mind it's so um it's so backwards because we're so trained everything in our world is pointing us towards knowledge and and you know um learning and and um empowering that little i you know mm-hmm. so it's it's so backwards and, and it it takes a while for people in self-inquiry to really get it you know that the, the little conditioned self can't do it and and mm-hmm. you know and there's this frustration and this confusion that comes in but it's yeah. it's it's in that confusion where you know the magic really happens when the mind has sort of given up the reins yeah beautiful yeah Yeah. i could do when i was watching the first part of your samadhi series i was like this guy the way you process not just process but the way you carry it out into the world um is very similar to myself like i i really try to balance the the sort of direct pointing or inquiry with with some, you have to have some knowledge of the problem itself. Like if you if you're not aware of how how much traction that mind has when you're binding yeah. into thought and believing thought. So I think there is some value to actually pointing out as you do at the very beginning of that series where you say, you know, the majority of spirituality, you know, it's a, it's a bold statement, but it's also true. The majority of spirituality and people in spirituality are kind of still be, you know, using it to reinforce their own, stabilize their own egos in a way, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. I mean, the intentions are good. But mm-hmm. it does take some maturity and some real authenticity to see that you're failing. You mm-hmm. can, that small self can never satisfy itself. It will never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of honesty leads you to the deeper truth of the spiritual traditions and so forth, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that that honesty is, um, you know, it, it really, I find with the, the retreats that we're doing, Sometimes, you know, people will come if they're total beginners, it's amazing because they don't have that that spiritual baggage or that, you know, long, you know, periods of using meditation techniques. So they're they're not attached to any of that and they're, they're open and and um, they, there's there's a possibility, you know, an allowing of something new and a new realization to come. Um, yeah. But I find the people who have. Um, you know, years of meditation with a certain technique, or they there's this this knowing um, in the mind um, that you know it's like the trying to to um, understand like the landscape and the the map of spirituality. It's, it's like the ego has 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 crafted you know this very powerful spiritual persona you know and and non-dual language and everything that goes with it and so it's very crafty it can it can create a, a beautiful facsimile of of awakening um and and it's it's act, actually really interesting to watch it in in the retreats because um you know as we go deeper into the meditation and and the the self-inquiry um you know that mind will start to squirm and it ha- has to loosen its grip in order 
for um, you know the purification of samskaras and all of that, and um, you know it it actually a lot of that knowledge becomes a samskara or you know a, just another conditioned pattern that's in play. That's like it's yeah, like a yeah. veil that that um, you know it's sort of it's literally what's mediating our reality moment by moment. Mm, yeah, well said. Mm. So maybe before we get into um, like the the more mechanics of how you work with self inquiry, I really love to t touch on that because I've never quite seen it the way you do it that I watched in this mm -hmm. video. Um, but uh, maybe give us just a taste of what for, for anyone who doesn't know and they've seen my channel, they've seen me interview people going through awakening or Kensho. But mm -hmm. it's always different. Everyone describes it differently, and it's not. I know it's not a description. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to be recreatable, and yet. Sometimes just giving the sense of what actually changed for you can be helpful to people because they get, sort of get that flavor. So like if you were to say what was happening before and then what was noticeably different after that shift for you? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for me, like the pivotal point, um, you know, so I had, have had several, I would say, very deep Kensho experiences and, and um, you know, my life after each one um, shifted dramatically. So um, the first one, I would say, um, you, know, you know, the big thing, you know, it was it was like getting the cosmic joke, you know, just just realizing that, the, you know, all the seeking and all the thinking and the, you know, the reading of sutras and trying to figure things out. And and, um, you know, all of that was happening on the level of the mind, you know, and it, it like just there was just I was left with the sense of like what the heck was that all about you know like what what was all that thinking about you know all uh, just it was it was like being constantly you know fixated on this screen and then suddenly realizing you know it was it was like that whole life or that whole character was was just like this little blip or this this little anomaly it was like waking up from a dream and it was you know so yeah. i i would say you know, for me, what shifted, there was something fundamental where, you know, it's, it's like, once you get that, once you, once you know, you know, on, on a deep level, like that direct experience of who you are and that, that you're not the conditioned character, it something fundamental changes in life. Mm -hmm. So, so there's, you know, I would say there was an acceleration after that, um, within the Dan structure, you know, within the, the conditioned character where it's like energy and, and rewiring and reconfiguration on, on the outer level, um, you know, started to get accelerated. Um, there was sort of a, a dismantling happened. Um, I connected with the teacher very quickly after that, who was, uh, he was he was a he sort of dismantler, so he was a, the, exactly who I needed to um, connect with at this point in my life. And he was he was sort of ruthless in in showing me. He was like a mirror, showing me all this the stuff within the Dan character, the the uncomfortable parts that I, I didn't want to see. So um, I would say you know after that awakening, like at that point, um, I'd I'd really crafted a strong spiritual persona and and it took some um, serious sort of humbling and, and dismantling and and reconfiguration in in life to um, 
and just to let that that wiring die. Mm. And yeah. uh, so um, so I went from, you know, I had a, a relationship at that time that that I let go, um, you know, I, what meditation was, what, uh, um, you know, I, I, I was running a meditation center at that time. So mm-hmm. so my my understanding of meditation changed. It, it um, became much simpler. <laughs> you know, it. Yeah. it uh, yeah it wasn't um any longer about you know i like i i still see the value of um you know the eight limbs of yoga and the, you know the the different techniques i still still teach them at at the center uh, i think they can be valuable stepping stones but really for me meditation now is is just sitting or just being um you know it's a complete path in and of itself yeah. just yeah. you know just being choicelessly aware however you want to say it um, yeah. um so so for me that that was um you know sort of the the turning point was just recognizing kind of the the fundamental delusion that i'd been living with my whole life and and yeah. this the seeking um and the, the dan character um you know really wasn't me you know i yeah. i just r- realized um you know so you can't unsee that and yeah. and uh you know but at the same time you know there's there's this inertia of the mind and i love how um R- ramana maharshi uh uses this fan analogy it's like when you when you pull the plug on a fan you know it mm-hmm. takes a while for the fan to yeah. to run down right so mm-hmm. the for for quite a while after after that initial um, awakening, you know, I'd, I'd be plugging the fan back in without even realizing it. And, you know, the mind's again, becoming identified and, and, um, you know, so it, 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 there's an ongoing process of, of letting that, the, the vrittis, you know, sort of calm down and, um, you know, deeper levels of wiring and purification. And, um, yeah. So I found found the same. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, t- to some degree, I think that that continues forever. You know, there's there's always this this ongoing development process within the self structure and and, um, you know, just de- deeper levels of, of um, you know, growth and, and um, expansion into, you know, I think as as our energy grows, you know, into higher worlds and um, you know, it's like there's there's new possibilities for for attachments, and then you know, so we it's like we're growing this wiring and simultaneously um, disidentifying from it, and and um, yeah. so for me, there's you know the the practice is really key for um, you know just just continually coming to um, the truth, you know, resting mm. in the truth, and just to maintain this vessel. There's this this sort of ongoing maintenance to yeah you know keep it keep it clear <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely i think uh um uh suzuki roshi said you know it's called like picking mind weeds like you, mm-hmm. you just become more and more alert to more and more subtle energies even just the root of suffering or the roots of fixation you know mm-hmm. often they're they're dispelled before they fully form but there's still some alertness has to be there mm-hmm. um, yeah i love yeah. that yeah, or Ramana Maharshi talked about the the vigilance that's required, mm-hmm. and there's there's no end to that vigilance. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, at, at what point did the the um, uh, 
uh, Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds series uh, get started? Or how, how did that come about? Yeah, so that really, it, it, it just got started. Um, you know, like I, I was um, in the television industry uh, originally, um, you know, just creating stuff for the matrix, um, you yeah. know, not, not interesting stuff, but, um, uh, it just started out as, as a sort of PowerPoint presentation for my initial meditation retreats. And it just kind of grew out of control and, uh, just, just got, uh, bigger and bigger and, and, um, yeah, it, I don't know how, honestly, it just, it just sort right. of happened um it was just you know an energy around it and um you know i i realized my capacity to convey these ideas um at the beginning was not that great and so so i you know one of the things i I i've said in different interviews is um you know the the films really have been creating me you know they've i haven't just been creating the films but they've they've been um sort of, uh, you know, my capacity to speak about it and, and to convey these, these ideas has, has evolved. And it's just yeah, been yeah. an amazing thing to, to work on as a project because mm-hmm. I've had to really grow on my own path as, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to communicate these things. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of these films, though, I have to sit with them for years until it's like it feels right it feels true yeah. you know what's coming i know through. i know exactly what you mean i had a mm-hmm. i had a book brewing in me for several years and mm-hmm. and i would kind of try to help it like i would try to write and i was like that's not, that's not quite ready yet like the writing was good i thought it was clear i could tell but it just wasn't it just it wasn't completely cohesive and then, yeah. then it would just started literally downloading like into my brain and i had to make a lot of space and it still mm-hmm. took a ton of revision and i know you know all this and but mm-hmm. uh but it also has that strange experience of it's it's become so selfless. I don't even know where it comes from. Like, I really don't know. I, it's hard yeah. to even stand back from it and judge it at all. And yet, you know, I, I can see the effect of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but your, your inner worlds, outer world series is beautiful for anyone watching this. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It's, it's visually stunning. It's gorgeous. Uh, the, the subject matter is really fascinating, but it also transmits it. You feel, you just feel it. Like, I feel like when I'm watching it, I'm just, I'm just like vibing with the all of it, the imagery and the and the you know sounds and topics, and it's just wonderful. So mm, awesome, yeah. yeah it's yeah. very very mysterious where mm-hmm. where the stuff comes from. And mm-hmm. did you finish your book? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I, I published it just uh, almost two years ago. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just it's just kind of a simple you know pointer to awakening. Like here, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you can wake up from the dream of separation. You can wake up from the illusion of the small self and suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's just very plain language of how to do it or how I did it and how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. I just have, I try to make it as simple as possible. Like here's a chapter on emotions. Here's a chapter on thought. Here's a chapter on self-inquiry. You know, here's a mm-hmm. chapter on mind identification. That's more where I talk about like the, really the matrix and how it's sort of formed in our own minds and how we through complicity, keep reinforcing it with other people and mm-hmm. <laughs> keep ourselves asleep and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, interesting how we, it's like we get pregnant with these these projects oh, and yeah. and it like it it just some somehow we know when it's ready to be delivered and yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah it's it is very mysterious. It, it really is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the video the one video I hadn't watched until just today of yours that was awesome, mm-hmm. um, and I hope I hope everyone watches it and I, I ho- a lot of people probably will because 
self-inquiry or inquiry or taking a one-pointed approach or crossing that that gateless gate the first one's the one that's the big one you know in one sense mm-hmm. um because because before that it's very easy just to get entangled in the mind and, and you live in a world of mind right of thoughts and the world of you know the, the house of mirrors but to, when you finally just get a taste of what that actually means to stop or to to, to see just beyond just what we've been talking about um mm-hmm. it's really a it's really like an art form to point that out to people because it is so simple and it's in everyone's experience already and yet it gets overlooked constantly. So I always love new ways of doing it, new ways of talking about self-inquiry, new approaches. Um, your video uh, is, is I, can't, I can't remember the title, but it's like self-inquiry through the dyad process, basically. Yes, yes, okay. that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Yeah. so you, you do it with a dyad, um, so face-to-face with another person who's sort of a facilitator or with a facilitator in the area, but you do it in groups. Yeah. I thought it was genius. And the pointing you, the points you make in the video are, very, very clear. And they're exactly my experience of the, the mm-hmm. things you tell people to, to watch out for, to mm-hmm. where the, where the mind will try to take you. And then the, the, the kind of the point of the whole deal, um, mm-hmm. and suggestively, and you you have a nice 17 minute video on this. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. link that as well. Um, mm-hmm. maybe you can talk a little bit about that process though, how you, how you help people through that. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't have to recreate the whole 17 minutes, but maybe just give a, you know, from the hip idea, you know, idea yeah, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, so the actual dyad process, I, I came across, um, these things that were called, uh, originally enlightenment intensives and they, they were created by Charles Berner, um, in the late sixties. Um, mm-hmm. so these, these, um, enlightenment intensives have, have been going on for decades and, um, so I, I came across one, um, uh, you know, it was an extremely powerful, I had an awakening experience at that um, with the facilitator. He, he ended up coming to the center and did a few, um, uh, one year, um, did his retreats at the center here. So I, I got a good um, taste of, of how he operated with, with this um technique. And um, so I started incorporating um, self-inquiry into the meditation retreats. And um, really what I, I, I started noticing that when, when people were, you know, having awakenings, they were usually during the self-inquiry periods. It seems to be um, more effective than um, just meditating on your own. It is almost like meditating with a partner, but it's... Um, it's it's more intense because you're you, you have this witness you know there you're you're on the hook you can't you can't escape and um, you know you're 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 just being with what is literally just inquiring into who you are you know just just being with whatever phenomena comes up as a result of that inquiry um, kind of the same way you you are in meditation but then you you convey that to the partner. And, and it's in that conveying and being witnessed that um, what, what I find is the, the samskaras that, that come up sometimes um, in, you know, just sitting on a cushion on your own. It's not always as clear when, when things are coming up, you know, these um, we can sort of have, um, you know, emotions or, or, you know, traumas, whatever we're sitting with, these things can start to come up. But, but when you have that witness there, um, it's like the act of articulating them, conveying them to someone. Um, it 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 allows them to come up more fully, and um, 
for to me the um this purification process that's happening in meditation it just happens more quickly um with the dyads there's just a greater intensity and um the uh, also we we also um the retreats that we do at the center are are a little bit more intensive as well like we're up early in the morning going till 11 at night you know literally just just doing this crazy process of yeah. of um you know one person saying tell me who you are and then mm. you know this real earnest inquiry into the nature of our being and you know from morning to night we don't stop and i, I the the thing that i think is really key is the continuous practice mm-hmm. um you know just continuously um staying with the inquiry and um without interruption and mm-hmm. you know so we take away people's cell phones and any any possible dis- distraction and there seems to be this sort of building of um energy and um one of the things i've i've really um kind of honed in on is is you know what what that is you know like in taoism they they call it gidan which is like this internal pressure that's that's building and and it's like we want to stay continuously with that that inner energy or inner pressure and and um if we can just stay with it long enough then we, you know the conditions are there for that that flip to happen, that, that mm. spontaneous awakening. And then as a facilitator, I'm just there. Um, and my partner, Lilla, um, we, we walk around and we, we kind of tune in to what's happening and we can kind of, kind of tell when people are getting close, you know, their, their energy is changing. Um, they're getting confused, you know, the, or they're, maybe they're really tired. The mind, they don't even know who they are anymore. And, but s- something is happening in the energy. And, um, so we'll sometimes interject and start speaking directly to the true self and mm. and then you know in that moment sometimes we'll get the answer we'll get an answer oh, like a it. true answer yeah i love it i love it so mm. i want to just reflect a couple of things one is that the i love the um uh, the continuity you're discuss, you're describing of course being in a group setting is very helpful for that it's hard to do on your own mm-hmm. um uh but uh but i do find something very similar especially when people are oriented to the inquiry type of method with them, even if they're doing it on their own, um, they get to this place where they start to want to do it continuously. And I kind of try to sense when that is for them, because I don't want to make them feel self-doubt too much if it's too early. But at some point, it really does, like in Zen, become the red hot iron ball you can neither spit out nor swallow. It's mm-hmm. like something about this. It's you don't know where the hell it's going. You don't know what in the hell is even going on anymore. But something's like really coming alive that mm-hmm. is completely ineffable. And mm-hmm. and that is when I tell people, you know, go to sleep with this. Go to carry it right off into sleep as far as you can. And then the moment you wake up, pick it back up. You know, yeah. that kind of full on, you know, all day long. You're just done with the bullshitting yourself. You know, the, the the mental failure again and again. And you just get beyond that. And there's something that just comes alive. And you you kind of feel like there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. What else am I here to even do anymore? Right. This is, this yeah. is it gets so juicy. So yeah. I can, re- I can relate. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, even it, it's like the, the self-inquiry gets 
to the point where it's just happening continuously. And people sometimes report even through the sleep cycle, they were doing an inquiry in their dreams or, mm -hmm. you know, or even they could start to get a sense of um, Turiya happening where, you know, it's like this presence or inquiry, even, even, you know, the mind will drop off, but there's this mm -hmm. sense of, of beingness that, yep. that can continue through the sleep cycle. And yeah. And it's, I, to me, the, the key is exactly what you said. Like there's this point where it feels like you could do it forever or you want to do it forever. Mm -hmm. And, um, my, my partner, Lilla, um, you know, when she arrived here, she, she had, she was kind of new on the path and, um, but she was really at a point where she wanted to be, you know, she was done with suffering. She was like, I, I don't care how long this is going to take, mm -hmm. you know, if like, I'm, I don't care if it takes 10 lifetimes, I, I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep going. I'm just going to keep working. And, you know, she, she was like determined and, you know, even the breaks, she wasn't going to work. She just kept working through the breaks and everything. Mm -hmm. And it, and it was that determination when that mindset came, that's when the awakening happened. She just, she just felt that she could keep going forever. And, um, it yeah. didn't matter it's, how it's like long ancient forces come to your aid, like unnamed yeah. forces. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah. but you just got to give it you, at some point. You just have to realize, like, I have to give my whole self to this because, you know, everything else isn't working, you know? And so it has that beautiful, like it starts to be self-perpetuating the process. And yeah. Mm -hmm. The other thing uh, I wanted to point out that you th I thought was fascinating is the per the facilitator, not facilitator, I'm sorry, the, um, the witness. So that not the person doing the self-inquiry in the moment, but the person facing them, the witness, they don't actually ask a question, right? Um, no, they do. They do ask oh, the okay. question. Yeah, yeah. Which it were, and and in in this, it's it's interesting because we we do actually don't do it in the form of a question. It's it's an imperative. So you know, it's so it's That's not. What I wanted to say, yeah. yeah, it's not who yeah. are you, but it's uh, you know, tell me who you are. It's a demand, right. you know. Yeah. So, which I, it's a very subtle distinction, but a really important one because the mind will hear the question and think that there's an answer you know, on the level of mind, but the, but the, the imperative is so it's, it's powerful because it's, it's like, you're asking something different, you know, it's a demand. It's, it's like, tell me who you are. And, you know, it's like you, you have to convey that to the other person somehow, but it's, it. yeah. So it's, 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 it's a subtle difference, but it's, it's um, an important one. Yeah, I but, agree. I, I, I thought that was genius. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an imperative. You're the mind might think you're talking to the mind, but that's not where that statement's going. It's like, no, tell me who you really are. Mm -hmm. You know, all that just goes all the way back. It's like, you know, it, it cuts through the bullshit again. Yeah. The, the yeah. Mental yeah, and it, yeah. And it's really just conveying whatever, you know, it's like you, you, you inquire, you know, you really ask like, you know, or, or connect to that beingness or I amness. And then the, the technique is, is simply to report what comes up as a result of that. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's in that, um, you know, the technique is, is so key because it's, you know, if you think there's an answer, you know, at the beginning, people are just, you know, they're, they're trying to come up with answers on the level of mind. And there, there are these stages that that we move through so usually they get to a point where you know they they know intellectually the mind's not going to do it it's mm -hmm. they're not going to find the answer they've exhausted everything that the mind can say so they 
there's this sort of quietness that that starts to come and and you know maybe a frustration a confusion but they're but they just sit with that and and just sort of brew in that and then you know the deeper energies start to come up and and um you know anything anything that's in the unconscious then can start to you know whatever samskaras are are blocking um they can start to come up to the surface and um, it yeah. gets really, really fascinating what can come up because it's, yeah, it, people are, uh, it can, it can really, it can look like a madhouse sometimes mm -hmm. in, in this process, um, or, or it can be very still, um, we never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would imagine you, you have people at some point, uh, come in contact with a lot of fear, uh, periods of time and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's usually, usually when there's a lot of fear, coming uh it's a good sign because right. the 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 ego structure you know is starting to let go and it's it's like unfamiliar you know and when there's something unfamiliar then you know that that energy that that is coming out of the conditioned pattern um you know the the for, from the ego's perspective it's like it's it doesn't have its hands on the steering wheel anymore so mm -hmm. it's it's fearful but then as soon as we let go then that same energy is, um, you know, it's beautiful bliss when we're we're not uh, controlling through that that old wiring. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I find the same thing. Most people will go through that sort of fear barrier, and uh, um, you know, the 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 ego structure sort of interprets this whole thing as a sort of death. <laughs> doesn't know mm -hmm. doesn't know what else to call it. It feels triggered. It feels like it's it needs to defend itself. But mm -hmm. you know, if you just sit sit through that tends to calm down, you know, and things tend to get even quieter on the other side. And at some point, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, it's the, that whole um, Sufi uh, saying of like learning to die before you die. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we that's a big part of the way I teach it as well. You know, just mm -hmm. really, you know, the, the I that we're identified with, you know, really has to only understand one thing. And, and that's that it has to let go, you know, it has to understand its own limitation in, in this mm -hmm. process. And, yeah. and, but also knowing that it's not really, it's not a, an, a dying in the sense that um, ob oblivion or, or obliteration, but right. that, that it'll, you know, become more like a servant to mm -hmm. the, the true self or, you know, it's still, it's still going to go for a ride, you know, mm -hmm. on this human experience, but it's, it's just not going to be in the driver's seat anymore. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everything changes, but in one sense, nothing really changes. It's, it's a very, very hard thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it gets a lot lighter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you also work with sound meditation there. Is that right? Yeah, we we do. Um, I have a lot of gongs, and uh, I've I've uh, you know I had one person at, at the last retreat um, said uh, you know he came in and and uh, he he uh, noted that uh, you know if you're if you're going to awake awaken the world you need a really big gong you know mm -hmm. just to, to wake it up so yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome yeah no it's um you know for working with inner energy um you know sometimes um people don't necessarily have a, a sense of their inner energy. Um, you know, so, you know, standing in front of a gong or working with these different sound instruments, it can, you know, just help people to really sort of attune to the inner world in a way that they, they might not have. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, 
you know, after after a long day of meditation as well, um, you know, usually in the afternoons, we would have people lie down in the zendo and, and just uh, receive um, sound. And it can be sort of a, a clearing kind of experience as well. Mm. So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, the retreats I do, we always uh, do. My, my partner, Violet, does sound meditation and she, mm -hmm. she, she has singing bowls and some different things, but it has it really has a nice grounding effect at the end of the day, but it also sometimes it really tip, you know, tips people over the other side too. So <laughs> it can be a very powerful transmission. It's amazing. It, it's another thing that's very mysterious. You know, you could have two people side by side and one, one will have this transcendent experience and the other one is like plugging their ears, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, yeah. you know, a lot of it is, um, very unique, I think, for the the individual. You know, it's mm -hmm. like certain certain things. I think draw us at a, a certain point on our path. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, if somebody would want to go to your retreats, how um, how often do you hold them? Um, well, right now the the center is running. Um, like we we are shut down for the next couple months, but but um, in uh, April um, it'll be running continuously until um about november um so we have we have three um big retreats um like the we call them the i am retreats which are in incorporating um uh, aboga microdosing with um uh, meditation self-inquiry uh, as well as 5-meo dmt as well mm -hmm. so um so we have three of those and then we have um some just some regular um, silent meditation retreats, but then in between there, um, people can just do, um, kind of personal retreats so they could just come for 10 days or whatever. And it's just like an ongoing silent space for, for doing. Oh, meditation. nice. So it's basically yeah. continuous. Yeah. Continuous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. We do, we have some periods of downtime in there as well for the, for the staff, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty much continuous. So, 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 tell me about the five meo. I've I've heard about. I know I know about it. Um, I've never experienced it, but I know something. Yeah. How do you how do you utilize it um, with people? And sure. So, um, so we use it. So the the um the retreat incorporates um iboga microdosing. Um, so my my partner Lilla was, she's a, a trained um a boga provider trained in the, the witty tradition in Gabon. So, um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, that, that is very conducive to the, um, sort of rewiring component in, in meditation. So, um, so the, with the boga, the default mode network goes a little more quiet. Um, the deeper samskaras just tend to come up more quickly. So, um, you know, I would say that like the, the insights per minute are just sort of increased. So it's wow. not, not, not a, a shortcut at all, but, but when you're really ready to go, um, into the, the, you know, the deeper layers, um, it's, it's just really conducive. So mm -hmm. it's, so people um, would take that daily, uh, microdose daily or. Yeah. So that's a daily microdose for the first part of the retreat. And then we, we taper it off towards the end. And then the last day of the retreat, um, you know, the whole retreat ha will have been, you know, this this deep sort of letting go and purification. The 5-MEO is, is sort of like a, a condensed version of the entire retreat in one shot. You know, it's like it's like an opportunity for a, a complete 
um, letting go. Um, so if there's like they they call it a full release, um, you know, and we we have a, a five meo facilitator, um, Chad Charles. He he comes to to facilitate that part of the retreat. He's an, an expert in uh, with five meo and. Um, and uh, so it's an opportunity to just let go of the deepest samskaras. And, um, and uh, you know, if you have a full release, um, then it's it possible to have a, a full kind of non-dual experience as well, mm-hmm. which can be, um, you know, for, for me um, as a diagnostic kind of on my, my path, it was um, the first time I did it, it was, was really quite humbling um, because I, I could feel, you know, the depth to which um, the self-structure had to let go. Um, I felt this kind of primordial holding on to life, you know, in, in it's yeah. deep sort of in the Hara area, this like kind of reptilian holding on. And, um, and I, at, at that point, I had not been able to let go to that degree in my own meditation practice. So, so I found it useful just to um, just to see the depth of, mm-hmm. of letting go that was possible, and um, mm-hmm. um, and and just for clearing, um, you know, the deepest condition patterns. You know, people can have incredible catharsis experiences, or um, you know, we just we never know. It looks completely yeah. different. Everybody is so unique um, when they take it. It's it's such a, a continuum of of different experiences. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, so both of those things seem to um, work in in a a different way on different levels. They're, they're very different entheogens, but really for the same purpose. You know, for, really for the purification uh, of the self structure, and then to um, you know facilitate a, a sort of um, dharmic or or uh, you know non dual experience. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So when your center is open and when it opens back up in April, you said, do, is it reasonably easy for people to find spots um, to come to retreat or come? Um, for the um, so the the I am retreats are are usually a long waiting list. Right now, we okay. that's, that's one thing I I would love to do is um, eventually get to a point where we're doing more of them. Um, but there's there's a lot of logistics involved and different mm-hmm. people involved with that. Yep. So. Um, but just coming to the center, like the the regular meditation retreats or the personal retreats, um, we can we can actually do a lot of the same kind of things with people um, during those those periods as well. It's just not a, as much of a formalized structure, and uh, um, like like Chad won't be available to do five meo and that type of thing, but. Um, mm-hmm but we might be able to do like a, a microdosing protocol for people mm-hmm. or that type of thing. So. Awesome. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people checking out your, uh, your resources. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved your website's great. It's very well put together. You can find all kinds of really cool resources. The videos are all listed there. They're all, they're all available on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, man, you just got, you just have a ton of awesome resources, but I can tell it's, they're potent and they, I have no doubt they're working. And, uh, so, so yeah, I like, I like to give people more options, resources. You never know what's going to work for who. So, um, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope people really take, you know, t- uh, take advantage of, of this, um, everything you offer. Awesome. Yeah.
Yeah, there's some amazing tools out there right now, mm -hmm. and um, I'm I'm excited when when people from different t traditions come um, and just just sort of sharing resources and um, you know the uh, the meditation like that we do you know is very very sort of traditional, but when it's combined with this self inquiry and uh, entheogens, you know to me. I think there's a huge benefit of of the synergy of these different mm -hmm. things working together and and um you know like this ancient sort of jungle you know uh plant you know the this yeah. intelligence from the jungle you know throwing that into the sort of monastery environment and and um you know and combining it with with modern psychology dyad you know facilitation mm -hmm. to me all of these things they 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 have um you know a real power and a, a synergy uh, when they work together and yeah. so i i would love to you know have people from you know monasteries and different traditions and you know i would love to to get together with people to to just really optimize you know what we're doing at these centers and and mm -hmm. um you know it might be the the type of thing in in the future where we could you know create sort of um you know a best practices and in terms of awakening and you know really really sort of understanding the the benefit of these these tools mm -hmm. in a, in a more concrete way because you know for me I've, I've just sort of thrown together everything that has worked yeah. for me and the, these are my favorite things and it you know i've seen that um you know i did just regular meditation retreats for years and and it it kind of lost its energy for me i, I you know but when i started throwing these other things in and and people started having real kensho um awakenings and and uh you know things started happening it really kindled my excitement around it and oh, and i'd, I'd love to be able to share it with people and and i'm sure there are other people out there who've who've explored similar things that you know if we could all kind of put it together in in a way that um you know where, where we can utilize these tools more effectively i think we could really start to do something mm -hmm. I love it. Your enthusiasm is obvious and your and your your conviction that people can wake up. That's 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 mm -hmm. what I if anything I try to my message is is you can wake up. You can. Mm -hmm. It may it may require you to do things and look in places you didn't want to look and go through things you didn't want to go through, but you definitely have access to your true nature because it's your true nature. So um yeah. that, so it's, I love anything you. like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think one of the one of the biggest sort of um, mind blocks is, you know, some of these traditions say that it takes lifetimes to awaken and, you know, and that it's it's like this arduous thing that seems un, unattainable. And, you know, when, yeah. when people come and they they're holding those types of ideas, um, it's the, the biggest hindrance, you know, mm -hmm. those are because it's not true. It's just not right. true. You know, there's a <laughs> it, there's a you know, there's a a good percentage of people who who come to the retreats who awaken you know every every retreat we usually have a few people who um you know um actually i think charles burner said with the just doing the um the dyad method he got to a point where it was between 20 to 30 percent would have a, a kensho experience That's which awesome. if you if you compare that to traditional zen center you know the, the stats are pretty good, you know, that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, 
you know these these techniques are are really really beneficial but they're they're mm -hmm. very very unknown in the world mm -hmm. and uh you know the the charles burner method has and there's not that many people doing it now i think that that generation that was doing it they're getting kind of old and there's not many people picking up the the torch for that one i love so. it well we're gonna we're gonna spread some of the word at least with this video so <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome <laughs> yeah uh, so I guess last thing I want to ask you is um, there are going to be people watching this uh, for sure. There's going to be many people who've had awakening and and deeper stage realization, but there's going to be a lot of people watching it who haven't, um, mm -hmm. but want to. Uh, they really are interested. Um, uh, they're suffering usually. Um, what what would you tell somebody there? You know, all things being equal, who whose heart says, I want this to be. Excuse me. I want this to be possible. I still have a lot of doubt. Still not quite mm -hmm. sure what the heck I'm supposed to do here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also suffering. What would you tell someone like that? Mm. Well, I I think the 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 doubt is not a problem. You know, I when I when I was at that point in my own journey, um, you know, I was extremely skeptical, and I I would say the skepticism is good because most most spiritual stuff out there is. Um, a little suspect. So, mm -hmm. so I, I think skepticism is very healthy. But I would also say, um, you know, really go for it. Like, put yourself in conditions of no escape. You know, like I, to me, the 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 things that that really work um, are, you know, like the the vipassana style meditation or the the Zen centers or the um, you know or the samadhi center where you know you're you're there's a, a long period of sustained practice where you're 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 really um, you know going beyond your your comfort zone and and into a new territory. Um, I, I would say you know really like a daily practice of course is is helpful as well. But um, but if you're if you're really serious about awakening, I think you you have to you know really put yourself in conditions of no escape. Um, mm and and um you know take that time out of the matrix you know and out of out of all of the patterns and and just single pointedly focus on um awakening i love it couldn't say i could not say that better myself i agree with that you mm -hmm. you have to get leverage somehow and putting mm -hmm. yourself in a situation that you just don't have your usual coping mechanisms and you don't and you don't have escape you know um mm -hmm. and then apply a a proven practice, apply a mm -hmm. technique like self-inquiry. That's powerful. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate, uh, all your time. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah connecting with you. it was really great connecting with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll get mm -hmm. some links below the video, uh, and, uh, we'll touch base in the near future and I'll let you know when it'll be posted. Awesome. Great. Oh, yeah, I can share it on my end as well. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah, it'll cool. be amazing. Okay. All right, Dan.